Well, hello there. Welcome to a nice little special show. As you can see by the ticker, this is our Mount Rushmore show. Where we're going to cover our interpretations or our thoughts on who the best of the best is to be on Mount Rushmore, in our opinion, for various different um, uh, time periods and uh, promotions. So, as always, you know, it's a good people first on Rodriguez. Sitting next to the one, the only Nubian Sumo, the big guy KG, will be hopefully joining us very soon. But I see the Sumo has already got the shirt. He's fresh off of his birthday. He's 364. So uh, he graced Facebook with uh, uh, smoking probably one of the longest uh, cigars I've seen, at least that I've seen you smoke. Had your nice drink, so I guess you got to tell us what your birthday special was, and then tell us what your uh, evening delight is. Well, thank you very much, sir. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, the Nubian Sumo. Yes, I am fresh off of number 53, or the beginning of number 53. Uh, I did post a video for anybody that did see it. Uh, James or Jay Berkeley Gould II on on uh, on Facebook if you want to check it out. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ben, don't get started, okay? All right, you know we we've we been doing all right lately, so just chill, bro. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to check it out, it's the video. I mean, it's just me. Lighting up and drinking, you know, the, the cigar that I had was a Room 101 uh, 10 by 42 cigar that came out in, 19, in 2007, 2017, I should say. And it's a cigar that I've had uh, in my humidor for about five years or so. So um, I hadn't had one in a while, and I figured it'd be a special cigar to have for my birthday. Uh, another one that I'm having for tonight that I pulled out the coffers is the Oya de Monterey Epicure Selection Number Two. This is the domestic version. There is a Cuban version of this, which is all Cuban seed, Cuban grown, but this is a Honduran puro, which is all Honduran tobacco. Uh, the only difference in the tobacco is the wrapper, which is a Cuban seed Honduran uh, tobacco that was grown in Honduras by, from a Cuban seed. So uh, very, I've had this cigar in my humidor for about since uh, 2020 and decided to pull that out today, as well as revisiting the bottle that I had for my birthday, which is the Basil Hayden wine red wine cast finish very good very good you can actually taste the red wine from the barrel it was finished in so it's very it's not overly sweet but has a nice little kick to it i believe it's a 90 proof if i'm not mistaken uh actually it's an 80 proof i'm sorry so it's a little something light and uh <laughs> it's pretty good though. You know, it's still got that little uh bourbon burn to it. Uh whiskey burn, I should say, because it's a whiskey, but uh 
there is a difference. Uh, but yeah, it's got that nice little whiskey burn to it. Like I said, you, get, you taste the flavor of the red wine in it and um, a little caramelly, you know, but like, not oversweet. So it's very, it's very nice. All right. So before we get into uh, the series of meat potatoes, I got to ask because, you know, most of the time you're talking about a cigar you've had in your humidor for a while. Mm-hmm. My question that just popped in my head is, how the hell, how big is your daggone humidor? Or how many cigars do you have? Because, you know, that's a long time for something to just be, you know, cooking in the wind, so to speak. So, you know, what's what's the, the look behind that? Well, I live in an apartment, so I don't have like a big wooden standing humidor in my house, in my apartment, because uh, I don't have the space for it. So what I do is I do I use a kind of a cheat. So I have a 120 quart cooler, just like you would use at a cookout. You know, put some ice and drinks in it. Same thing. I just clean it out, cleaned it out real good. Got it on eBay for not eBay, but uh, Amazon for like 65 bucks. Okay. Cleaned it out real good. I put uh, a gallon of distilled water in it. You know, just pop the top and drop drop the uh, the whole bottle, the whole uh, bottle in. Put some Bovita packs in to kind of let it season for about two or three days, and then I put my cigars in. Now, as far as the number of cigars I have, it's kind of hard to tell because I was with a group called the Provider Cigar Club for a while, and they would get, and I was on a monthly. Um, subscription with them, which I kind of stopped because I was running out of room in my humidor because I wasn't really smoking those cigars. I was kind of, I was kind of hoarding them because I I got a lot of them in there. Uh, it's still in the packs that I have not opened, and so I'm just kind of waiting, biding my time to. Uh, as a matter of fact, the one whenever I would say, you know, pick a would have y'all pick a cigar mm-hmm. for me, I would be from that collection, so from that group, from that. Um, from that group, so okay. from that uh, monthly situation. So, um, as far as how many cigars I have, I can't say. Uh, I'm sure it's probably. If I had to guess individually, I probably have about two to three hundred cigars in that humidor. Wow. Uh, some of them are still in boxes. Some of the boxes that they came in, some of them are in plastic. Some of them, like I said, are in the uh, packaging that they came in from the monthly subscription. So uh, yeah, I've got I've got a lot of cigars in there. I've got a lot of cigars in there. But um, yeah, I'm but I'm constantly I'm I'm smoking a, not a lot, but enough to where it's probably about time for me to make an order. Good, and because usually when I make an order, I make a big order. So uh, the last order. Last cigar order I made was like two grand. Wow. Wow. Next, like they got me like seven to eight boxes of cigars, probably twenty average averaging out about twenty cigars a box. So Yeah. I was just curious because you know, uh, we haven't encountered a point other than when you were, you know, taking a break for health reasons. <laughs> So that way your lungs and and your uh, liver can recover. Uh, it seems like you got a never-ending supply of 
stuff to smoke and stuff to drink. And, you know, you educate me and so on. So I'm like, we've been doing this show for a while. This dude hasn't missed a beat yet. So um, I would just. Well, you also, I'm also, like, going, I'm also going to cigar lounges and, you know, you got to bless the house when you go to cigar lounges. And then there's also, you know, uh, different cigar events that I go to. So, you know, you're going to have vendors and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Like, I tell people they could try to get into this. Um, it's, it's not a hobby; it's a lifestyle. You know, right. you got you got to have the cigars, you got to have the utensils, you got to have your cutters, your lighters, you got to have something to hold the cigars in to, to preserve them. You got to have something to carry your cigars in because you just can't throw them in a bag and just carry them around with you. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a it's a process, and it's not something that you can get into lightly, and it's not. A cheap way of living, either. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, I tell people to tread lightly when they decide to come into the cigar world because it's not it's not something it's not something that you can take light. All right, and I see uh, we have been joined by the big guy. Uh, I guess he's told us uh, telling us we shuck and jive long enough. Uh, so now we need to get into uh, business. What's up, man? Ain't nothing much, man. I, I I thought I made it clear. 915. I'm like, all right, I got time. <laughs> but uh I hit James. I, first nah, of I don't recall like, 915. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, <laughs> I, I messed up on that, but okay. First and foremost, happy birthday again to the Nubian Sumo. That's first and foremost. Secondly, you, did you Thank say you. you spent two grand on a dag on an order? Yeah, but I spent two thousand dollars. $2,000 on a cigar order from three different companies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look here. I'm going to need to be your little brother because I need a big brother because I don't know right from wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I got an expensive shoe habit. <laughs> well, so, you can compare my cigar habit to your shoe habit. Like I said, I, I, only, have, I only have three vices in my life. Okay, I I got no kids. I got no wife. I'm by myself. I don't have a car. I don't drive. So I mean, I don't. So most of the most of the major bills that most people have, I don't have. So my three, I only have three vices: cigars, whiskey, and wrestling. That's it. If I have those three, I'm, if I have at least two of those three going on, I'm good anywhere I go. All right, so. You know, two two grand on a two grand on a uh, on on a, some cigars to keep me sane and keep me from having to cuss people out in my job. I think it's an investment. I think so too. I, I agree. <laughs> uh, see, man, you you uh you 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 just got you got the life. Now, see, I just I just went. I've been trying to get this pair of shoes since 1997. And it's a particular pair of shoes. It may look like something normal to everybody else. Pair of Air Force Worms. But see, here's the difference. That right there. That jewel swoosh. I've been trying since 1997 to get me a pair of these. And I finally got me a pair about two weeks ago. I am absolutely positively in love with this shoe. That's my vice. That is my vice. I, 
I can't I, now. I ain't paying two thousand dollars now. Let me let me rephrase that because uh, them phone pods get ready to drop, and I'm gonna pay about three hundred for those. Why are you looking at me like that? You already know this. Uh oh. Uh oh. We need to go to commercial break. Nah, they, <laughs> when they drop them phone pauses, I don't care. They three fifty. I'm getting them. I've been I've been dying since two thousand five. Nope, two thousand two to get those shoes again. Yeah, James, I'm why are you here. looking at me like that? World star over there. Look, look. I wish y'all could have looked at them. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. She lets him get the shoes, but he can't buy a belt. Exactly. Not one. Mm. Mm. Now, oh, see, there it is. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> right. Not the Matumbo. Like I said, <laughs> I'll have my phone pass. That same three fifty that he about to drop to wow. get him a check, get him a title bill. Shit, you owe a lot next month that three fifty. You ain't getting even one of them. How you gonna tell me? Wow! And she and the wife has spoken. Oh man! That's, you, you look. Hey, I ain't hey, gonna pay for my money. I'm gonna pay for with her money. Here's what Kate <laughs> right now. He's <laughs> like, just go home. We gotta get out this show. <laughs> oh man. Man, she just came oh, out of nowhere. Lord. She came out of nowhere with a bottle of water in my meds. It's like, uh, what you say you gonna do? You should have said no, you no, put it on no. layaway. Oh. <laughs> put it on layaway. <laughs> you ain't gotta come out there with the with the total. Jeez. <clears throat> but still. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, that's like Get that bullshit new uh undisputed <laughs> that uh regate Roman. And speaking of that, oh, here we go. Did, did you see Friday? Did you see SmackDown Friday? You talking about Oscar's belt? Yeah. What did I say about damn Roman's belt? How did I describe it? I said all they did was take the women's championship. Paint the background gold, put it on a black strap, and give it to him, right? Mm-hmm. What do they do with Oscar? Same thing. Same thing, except they didn't change the strap color. Ain't that some bull? But my real, my real problem was with Charlotte Flair coming back. Now, I don't mind the fact that she came back. Okay, cool, cool enough, right? But why is she talking about taking the title but she's focusing on the raw title that they just retired. She's not even talking about the belt that's around Oscar's waist. She was pointing at the raw title. Talking about, I want that belt. And see, if Oscar were on her toes like she was supposed to, she'd have picked that belt up like, hey, bitch. <laughs> you want it here, hey. Dropped it like Charlotte did Becky. Oops, there you go. <laughs> dropped it out of right, dropped it out of feet, but like, yeah, yeah, there you go, bitch. There you go, take it. I don't need that one no more. This is yeah. this is what's legit right now. I, I don't get what the uh the move is to change their belts up. 
Whatever happened to when you're the champion, you get the uh, custom, you customize your own belt. You know, the smoking skull belt, the Brahma Bull belt. Like people, not everybody could get that. The Brahma Bull never debuted, even though you could buy it now. But um, I thought it did. I thought it made one appearance. It made at least one appearance. It was, but it I know was the Andre the Giants belt never made an appearance. It 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 didn't. No, walk out with it. It was Giants uh, belt. Andre. Yeah, it did. It did? Yeah, because they remember before that match, they created that belt just for Andre and they were showing how big it was because most when they make most belts that they make, they make in a size 48 waist. The Andre the Giant was a size 60. So they were talking about how big the belt was and how they, they had to do extra with the belt just because of the size of it. So yeah, they would yeah, yeah they had that they, and they put it up against the regular belt just to show the, how big it was in comparison. So yeah, they did show that belt. They was they were focusing on that belt uh, to kind of emphasize the fact that wow, they made this special belt for Andre Giant. He must be winning, but he wound up losing that match. Mm. But did, you also don't forget about the John Cena spinner, the uh, Edge rated R belt. The Miz belt with the uh the, the W upside down into an M. Those are custom belts. Nobody has custom belts anymore. Nobody's worthy of it other than Roman and maybe Bianca. I think Becky would have been. I think Charlotte should have been. Well, uh, yeah, I guess for that moment, yeah. But what, what would Charlotte's belt look like other than mm. a crown and, you know, I don't know. They would kind of look kind of cheesy. I don't know. I think they probably have like, good side. Like that uh, belt, that uh, robe that uh, Flair wore in his retirement that she wound up taking and make it into her own. They probably make it something like that. Make it look like that kind of. But my question is, are they going to make? Okay, so they changed the women's the Raw Women's Championship to the WWE Women's Championship now. So. Are they going to change the SmackDown belt to the women's world title and give them a copy of Seth's belt? Don't know. Get free rip of Seth's belt? Don't know. Because I don't know. What they need to figure out is, you know, the women's tag division. How about that? That's that's the belt they need to, to figure out what to do with because there's not enough people well, to do with it. Talking about unifying the NXT and the uh, women's world, uh, the women's tag team championships now. No, if they so, do that, that would be more sense. Well, that's what they're doing. That's what that's what happened Friday night. They brought out Alba Fire and um, Isla Dawn, who they just got drafted, who just got drafted to SmackDown. They were about to do an interview with them, and then Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey came out talking about there's only one champion out here. I don't know what you're doing out here, what you're talking about out here. So there's like, so let's unify. So there's only room for one champion, so let's unify the belts. So when they go to whatever this uh, pay-per-view is in three weeks, they're supposed to have a match to unify the NXT and the WWE Women's Tag Championships. Uh-oh, he went off camera. He's getting beat now. <laughs> that was a quick one. She gave him a pop-pop, a skibbity-pop, and that was it. Really, bro? 
Quick two piece. Yep. Lisa wasn't with a unicorn. Oh, I got belts. Okay, Mister, I got belts. Y'all, you get. Are you allowed to even touch yours, or you yeah. just get to look at them? I got them put up just because I don't want to mess with them because they old. The season. I'm just, I'm shopping for another one, but I haven't figured out what you're looking. It jumps out at me yet, and AEW doesn't make theirs that often. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But going to uh, the matters at hand, we really have shuck and job long enough. Uh, apparently, we have an amount Rushmore show. And it's, it's been a while, but this may actually be a proper time for me to actually do my daggone intro. So here it is. There it is. Pretty exciting. It's been a while since I didn't see it. Almost got me uh, ready to put some moves on somebody. But, you know, there's a match over at KG's house, so I don't want to, you know, overshadow the main event. <laughs> so hopefully Thanks for the homework. Hopefully you did your homework, KG, because, you know, this is your idea. So you can't have a brainchild and then not have skin in the game. Yeah, this is your show, KG. We following your lead, bro. No, no, because he took it and went off the deep end. Like, what? All in one show? Okay. We could do it. We could do it. So, like I said, it's the Mount Brushmore show. We're going to go through some time periods, and we'll each talk about who we believe should be on Mount Rushmore for that particular time period. You will probably hear some familiar names, some repeat names. And then there may be a little bit of a scuttlebutt between us on who we think should be there. Because when I ask the clarifying question, hey, man, can we do five or four? Somebody over there who shall be beat later on said, no, it should be four proper. So uh, James and I were in the same mindset that we can't delve too deep into it because then, you know, you're basically it's an impossible thing to really come out to a conclusion. So uh, I think it'll be rather interesting. So we're going to start off way back in the 80s. So we'll see if you did your homework, KG. Who's your four people on your 80s time period, Mount Rushmore? Oh, boy. 80s time period. I got Hogan, Backlund, Flair, Sting. Okay. And I say that because those are the guys that I watched growing up. And they got me into the game. Especially watching Sting and, and, and Flair go at it every week. That's what got me there. Watching NWA on uh, Channel 54 or was it 45? No, it's 54. 54. 
Seven o'clock. I remember it well. So it's not a bad list. Uh, I think that may be one common name thus far uh, between you and I. Uh, we'll see what James has. So I'll go next. Uh, mine's a little different, again, because it's so hard to narrow it down to four in the 80s. But uh, this is no particular order of hierarchy. Uh, Piper, Commonality, and Hogan. I've got Dusty and Andre the Giant. So we got we got uh, Hogan in common. We'll see uh, who the sumo is pulled out of his his mental vault. Well, y'all got a combination of pretty much mine. I would say Flair and Hogan from KG. I would say Dusty from Don. And just to make it interesting, just to throw a name out there, because they should, uh, I could put Andre the Giant in there, but what who I'm going to put in is somebody that I used to watch back in the day who was very influential that doesn't really get a lot of credit for his work like, like he should, but Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah. I, I agree with that, you know. Fortunately, at that period, it was just territorial. Uh, but man, if there was a bigger spotlight on Memphis, that could change the game. We may be watching, you know, Jerry's company, and Vince was a small pawn that got eaten up. Even you know, with the Andy Kaufman thing, so you know, Memphis is still a hotbed uh, to this day, thanks to the King. So yeah. But don't so, forget that Memphis is where a lot of uh, a lot of the Attitude Era was born. That's where the, the Mr. McMahon gimmick was uh, worked out. That's where a lot of people went to work out for Attitude Era, different gimmicks and match ideas and things like that happened in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So Jerry King Lawler is always going to be a big part of the Attitude Era, which is probably my favorite era. But he's always going to be a part of it. But he has to be considered one of the architects because it was in his wrestling territory they flourished. Right. But you got a lot, but even more so, you got pretty much every every wrestling every wrestling association that came out after that after uh, once they the territories broke down. You know, ECW ECW was based pretty much off of the Tupelo concession stand fight that they had in Memphis. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where that's where they say the beginning of hardcore wrestling started in the United States. So. Yeah, you know, you got you got a lot of history and a lot of influence that comes out of the Memphis area. And Jerry the King Lawler, like you said, was the catalyst of most of that. So, yeah. All right. So, you know, we've got some good names and it's plenty more that could be named in the 80s. So um, let us know what you uh, think your Mount Rushmore should be. But the, the common ones, at least between the three of us, is going to be Hogan, Flair and Dusty. So uh, and rightfully so for each one of those. Now, if we move up to the 90s, we've got a little bit more shaking. And this is where uh, to me, it was a little bit harder because that was so much going on. And that, you know, that 10 year bracket to really, you know, without scrutinizing, it's like if you could do a top 10, it'd be easier. But to get it down to four in the 90s alone, that was a choice. So Sumo. 
I'll let you go first. Uh, who would be your four people on the 90s Mount Rushmore? Well, as much as <laughs> as much as y'all gonna probably mess with me about this, I mean, three of the three of the four of them in this in this one is gonna be more towards y'all's liking, as opposed to uh, you know what you think I would actually say. Okay, but I would go with Stone Cold, The Rock. Triple H and Sting. Okay. All right. So, one commonality uh, for what we have I've got still in the 90s uh, Ric Flair, like I said, no particular order, Bret Hart, Undertaker, and Stone Cold. And the killer bees. Uh KG. All right. 90s. That's 90 to 99. It's the reason why I did it this way because you'll see on the next one. But I got HBK, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Macho Man. Yeah. So three commonalities in that one. Uh, between the three of us, Brett the Hitman Hart, Undertaker, and Stone Cold. Surprisingly, though, for the 80s or the 90s, I'm the only one that's the Nature Boy. I said Nature yeah. Boy. Did you say Nature Boy? Yeah, I got him in the 80s. Okay, I'm sorry. I no, he was talking about yeah. Oh, you, what, I had Flair in the 80s, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying in the 90s, nobody said Ric Flair. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, remember, it was 90. It was ninety one. It was ninety one when he won. Uh, well, ninety January of ninety two when he won the uh, WWF championship at Royal at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So I mean, his his uh, career was on a decline at that time. You know, he was going through all that stuff and uh, coming off of uh, WCW, and he was just trying to find his footing within the WW, WWF. You know, he was he was he was he was a top draw, but he was more the bottom of that in, in retrospect than he was like he only he was only a top draw because of his name. You know, yeah, he goes at it now versus then, but then you know him coming over was a was a huge deal because we were finally getting you know two juggernauts in the same place. Yeah, you but know, they didn't do that. it. It wasn't until it, it, they never Hogan never had a match in WWF. I know it right? wasn't until W they both went to WCW in the late nineties that they actually had the match, and even then they messed they messed it up. Yep. So you know, yeah. So yeah, I couldn't put Flair in my nineties. Um, I couldn't put Flair in my nineties top four. Okay, I'm just curious. So, uh, KG, you got any thoughts on the 90s? Or you... it, it, It's kind of hard with the 90s because the 90s and the 2000s, it was such a great time. I'll say from, 90, from 97 to 2002 has to be the greatest time in wrestling because WWE was on top. 
WCW wasn't too far behind until, you know, the finger poke of doom. Mm-hmm. But it had to be such a great time. And most people remember switching back and forth between Raw and Nitro. SmackDown was created as a competition to what? Thunder. Which was a one-sided event, as we all know. <laughs> I remember SmackDown was just a special TV event mm-hmm. in April of 99. Just for the rock. And that was, uh, you saw the Blue Blazer versus, uh, who was the Blue Blazer going against that night? The Godfather. And Jeff Jerry came out there and helped him. But you, I, I still remember that special because I've had it on VHS for 23, 24 years now. Yeah. So, you know. Speaking of uh, the Blue Blazer or Owen Hart, um, for collector's reasons, if nothing else, get the AEW game because for the first time in, what, 20, 25 years maybe, he will actually be a character in the game. What's the the last game he was on? I think the dude said in the video was Legends of Wrestling. Yeah. Because I don't. I, that must have been the, the second Legends of Wrestling. Yeah, uh, yeah, he wasn't in the first one. No, it was a, it was the second. Because I remember the last game I remember him was uh, WWF Attitude. Yeah. No, so, I'm man. sorry, Warzone. It was Warzone. This, this is this is epic. No, he was in Attitude because they dedicated Attitude to his memory. Yeah, he was in Attitude. Well, Warzone is where you played a lot. You know, you just played his theme song over and over. <laughs> hey, stay um, out of my head. You, you, you. You know nothing about that, good sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> so let's move into uh, probably this is where, again, we're going to disagree. Or we may agree. I don't know. Uh, I'll go first because I got a controversial name in there that y'all may uh, agree with and you may not. But the next one is going to be 2000 to 2020. And there's a reason why we stopped the 2020. Obviously, you got COVID and all that stuff, but coming after this is going to be the modern era but uh what, what exactly is the modern era era that's modern right now is 2020 to now okay so that's what they're coining it the modern era uh covid it was just kind of like a, a long two-year dark match <laughs> for the most part but um remember this is all encompassing uh 2000 to 2020. so this is where i get a little spicy I throw in HBK. I've got The Rock, Triple H, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's my mm. three. My, my quad right there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I knew somebody was gonna have VKM on there. I knew. I knew somebody because. You have to look at it and you have to say you can't you deny gotta it. Yeah, you gotta give him his props. Can't deny it. Sumo. Hmm. I can agree with you on Vince McMahon. I mean, you can't, you can't deny the fact that you know the two thousand the two thousands and two thousand tens were pretty much run by WWE. I mean, that was after 83 weeks. That was after the takeover of WCW. That was after WWE took over everything, pretty much. Uh, So, yeah, uh, you got to give it to Vince on that. Mm -hmm. 
But you got to remember, 2000 is also the beginning of the ECW and TNA. Yeah. I knew you would have some some other direction. So, I was counting on you to go there. So I would say I would add to Vince. I would say Vince, and then I would add Paul Heyman. Okay. I would add Jeff Jarrett. Okay. And I would also who be a good fourth. Um so much talent. Yeah, so much talent around that time. Again, be nice uh, if you have five, but you know. This makes it easy. This makes good content. Content. Uh oh, you're talking about content. So you know uh, what? KG, KG, I give you a moment. Okay. I'm a, okay. Okay, hold on. Don't say it yet. You talk about content. Put them over just because uh, that had to work content. It's all right. So oh, I didn't think that one before. that one. Where'd that come from? Oh, that's for the Midnight Rider because he all every time we have a conversation, we get deep into the con. Uh, stop, stop. Content. Did you say so he has his own segment? Nothing but content. Oh man. It's kind of like so, that, was that, that, that Saturday Night Live skit with uh, Kel or Keenan. Um, uh, was it? Uh, what's up with that? Mm. I love that skit. Sorry. So go ahead. Okay. Line. So yeah. in thinking about my fourth, mm-hmm. and I answered, and I pretty much answered my own question. Uh, around the time of two thousand, between two thousand and two thousand five, you had ECW starting. You had Impact Impact Wrestling started when it was TNA. You had uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla that started. You had um, a couple of more in California that started um, on the on the West Coast. But there was one name that was synonymous with all of them, and he's known as the Godfather, the, the father of the end of indie wrestling. Because he was either on the main event or on the first card of all of these companies' first shows. So I'm going to give him his props right now. The Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Best version of Christopher Daniels, too. Let, let me ask you a question, James. I know Don probably knows. Who was suicide for real? Because I've heard so many names. Wasn't Christopher Daniels suicide? At one point. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't for me. I know you know too, but I don't. I want to know who who was really suicide. It's, it's there was three of there them, was, I think. Suicide. There, there, suicide was not only without one person. They had three. They needed to put in the suit at that time. 
But so I mean, it's been Christopher Daniels. Right. It's been Christopher Amazing Daniels. Red. Amazing Red. Frankie Kazarian. Austin Aries. That's I forgot who, about Aries. Um, who was you say? No, I'm saying I forgot about Aries. You're right. I had the, the those three. I forgot about Austin Aries. Did it? You um, okay? I said Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, Austin Aries. Um, um, hold on. I think that was there, it. There were, no, there was a few more. Is there more people? Uh, oh, I guess. Yeah, there were a few more. Um, damn, I just had them all. In, I just had about two or three more on my on my head. I lost track. Um, damn. But yeah, yeah, it was at least those four. Playing suicide, did they? Shelly or Alex Shelly? Shelly was Shelly. No, no, no. I'm sorry, not Shelly. Saban was was suicide at one time okay. too. Saban. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think of who would have been the the last one, one of the ones in the middle, because it was you know he did. You, you could notice a little height differential. Uh, it just depends right. on the match was, but most of them was Ultimate X. Um. Dang. I know there were no black, no black who's ever played suicide. I know that much. They were all they were all uh, Caucasian wrestlers that played suicide. Wrestlers from the Caucasoid Mountains. <laughs> yeah. So all right, so uh, James gave us uh, some some extra texture to uh, the 2000 to 2020 time period, KG. I know you got something good. Yeah, but you no, know, I know this is a loaded one. I had this is because I had to leave guys off in the nineties. So I was like, well, they were still hot in two thousand, and like I said, from about ninety, late ninety six, up until about two thousand two, you you couldn't get enough wrestling, and then it, it really ramped up again. I'm gonna say oh five to about oh nine, because everywhere I turned. This is when I, I this is when I lived by myself, and I was off on Friday nights and Saturday. Friday nights, sa- all day Saturday. Friday, Saturday, didn't go back to work till Sunday. I spent Saturday, the whole Saturday, watching wrestling from the week, and I watched Ring of Honor, TNA, uh, SmackDown, Raw. I watched New Japan. All this stuff was on TV. I recorded none of it. It was just all on TV. So you know, you had that smorgasbord of wrestling. <laughs> And it did. It was. It was filling. That was like a great time. But 2000 to 2020, I got Triple H, The Rock, Stone Cold, John Cena. Okay. Because you 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 got to look at it. There is no no other. You can't name any other wrestlers in the business that that had bigger rockets strapped to their back in that time period than those four. I agree. I agree. I want to ask y'all a question. Um, and as you were talking, KG, and even you, James, uh, and your picks uh, for the Mount Rushmore, as I started thinking, all this happened and all these great opportunities, the rocket ships, uh, the start of these companies, all these happened without social media. But had social media existed, this is going to chime into you, James. In my opinion, 
if social media was back then at the level it is now, only one company I think would have survived, and that'd have been ECW. Paul Heyman would have freaked the freak on social media so good that man, it'd have been hard to do because Vince was taped. So you go to a house show, or you go to uh, you know Raw or whatever. You could just go ahead and post the ending. You wouldn't have had to worry about, you know, oh, don't turn over, uh, change the channel because um, Mick Foley just won, you know, the championship. Oh, that's going to put butts in the seats. We already would have known it because it had been posted. But ECW was so raw that people would have been posting it and they would have loved it. But you got to tell me what you think about that. I think ECW would have been the only out of the, the, the big ones. Uh, TNA maybe could have skirted by a little bit, uh, even though they were taped, but it's just the way the show was produced um, and put together. I think they could have still done okay. WCW wouldn't have lasted that long. And Vince, like I said, you know, he probably would have been bought out by Ted Turner and then that would have went under and ECW would have survived. But what do y'all think? You have to remember when TNA first started, and you, and if you, and anybody that wants to go back and look at some of the early episodes of uh, Jeff Jarrett's My World podcast, he breaks down how he started and how he maintained um, TNA wrestling when he first started with his father. They pretty much immediately within their first year got a deal with um, a pay-per-view company and we're doing we're selling their shows live shows at 9.99 a show from the beginning so tna was really on top of what was then social media in the early 2000s pretty much from the beginning of their early stages uh ring of honor even though they had they had they they, they were they started RF Video. It, that, that was a company, Ring of Honor, the owners of Ring of Honor was a company that started RF Video, which was selling the videos from the shows in ECW and ended up going selling shows to PWG, which right. started them selling everybody's. So they were in the tape trading. They continued the tape trading tradition and then eventually started doing their own live shows, pay-per-view, $9.95 a, a show. Right. If ECW didn't was doing their tapes, was selling their tapes, ended up selling through RF Video. And then when RF Video started doing their shoot videos, their shoot interviews and whatnot, they started incorporating ECW. So they were they came and kind of came in on the back end of what was social media at that time. So to go back to your comment, I would say it would be more so Ring of Honor or Impact as opposed to ECW that would have survived if um, if uh, social media had been then what it is today because they were already on the forefront. They were? Uh, but I was thinking more so from the star power aspect of it. Um, you would, you know, name dropping 
you know, an RVD or Sandman or somebody, you know, check out this intro, watch this, um, you know, uh, the, the level of Twitterdom and all that stuff that we see now, uh, Mandy Rose, what we have seen in ECW from Francine or, you know, uh, you know, all the things that were happening in ECW, if they were living and breathing those storylines into social media, that's just the thought process. I was thinking over um, Ring of Honor um, or Impact that ECW would survive a little bit more because it was just gritty enough to, to you know, cast a net and, or, or, you know, cast uh, the bait and then people would just reel them in. And then who better Paul Heyman to spin, you know, the Karens to, to, or anything else that would go, who, who, who could handle that? Jeff Jarrett couldn't. He wouldn't be able to, you know, talk through that. Uh, but, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying as far as star power is concerned because they had Jarrett got a Karen, but <laughs> I care. I mean, I could, I guess, I could kind of, I see where you're going with the star character, with the star power, and you know them uh, having their established. Uh, but, but they, but they, but remember, in the beginning stages of ECW, you didn't have a Taz. You had the Taz maniac who was struggling to try to get his uh, character going. You didn't have an RVD yet. I mean, you, you, the R, RVD hadn't established himself yet. You didn't have a Sandman. Sandman was still the beach bum. That was the that was the baby face. That was uh that was trying to find that, that didn't find his niche until like maybe two or three years after uh, the beginning stages of ECW. So um you but you but over at Impact you had names. You had uh, Jeff. You had Jeff Jarrett, who was an established name. You had Samoa Joe, who was already a name in the independence that that uh, that already had a name out there. You had um, in oh, Ring of yeah. Honor. You had yeah. Think well, about well, well, they they were becoming national, like I said, because they had the uh, deal with the pay per view company. So yeah. I mean, they would they 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 kept themselves afloat at nine ninety nine and uh, per show. Believe it or not, so I mean, there were actually people that were buying that show every week, every Wednesday. So I mean, you just had to know that they were there. Same thing, you know, with with uh, the other promotions. It's just that you know, when when you were at the water cooler, having your Monday conversation, you know, did you see what happened in Raw? Did you see what happened in uh, uh, Night? Right, and we're not making. I'm not making a comparison. I'm not even. You know, I'm not even talking about uh, WWF or, or WWE or WCW because they'd already, you no, know, I'm they did. I'm just saying that the conversation at the water cooler was more ECW on average than Ring of Honor and Impact. Right. But I'm saying it, but to your question, if social media had been around, I'm saying it had been Ring of Honor. Or M or TNA over ECW. Okay. It's just my opinion. No, no, it's okay. What about you, KG? What's your thoughts? Now this, this is your. You would have been prime uh, real estate when it comes down to who they'd be targeting in social media. At that, at that it's best. It's best that it didn't happen like that because ECW traveling by word of mouth and gentlemen. Long time ago, when I I talked about jury duty last week, so gentlemen that I used to do, I did jury duty with 
for nearly six months. Four time jury duty job. <laughs> Only guy I know. He said and to me, <laughs> he said, word of mouth travels to those that can't read. And I, I, I believe that wholeheartedly because word of mouth would have it traveled with ECW. Like I know about ECW before I know about what was going on in WCW sometimes because people talked about it so much. Then you had people that recorded it, and that's when you had the whole VHS exchange, man. You know, hey, oh, you got the week before. Let me get that, so I'll give you this current week. And you just kind of had a, a, a community where you kind of swapped tapes. Then the DVDs came. It was so much better pre-social media because it seemed like it got more exposure from word of mouth. If it would have been social media then, we wouldn't have been able to keep kayfabe and no, and no company. Kayfabe would have died a long time ago, and kayfabe right now is on life support. But you do have those instances. No, kayfabe has been dead. But no, you have those instances where you got to ask: is that a, is that a shoot or a work? Lucky happenstances, yes. Every now and again, they're able to keep a secret. For somebody <laughs> enough to be able to be able to get on TV and say, "Okay, damn, that that, that actually happened," you know. But I mean, it's but K yeah, but Kayfabe has long been dead, and every wrestler that you talk to will tell you the same thing. Kayfabe died in the early nineties, thanks to social media. But no, yeah, thanks. The, a lot of things, a lot of things. Well, actually, thanks to social media and the millennials. The millennials who came in and was like, "Okay, well, this isn't a sport. This is a uh, this is an art. This is a perform. This is a performance art. So you know, you ain't got you got when you got when you got baby faces and heels on social media playing video games together and going out and eating together and going to going to different stuff together. You know, you got uh, folks who who." Uh, or outside of their characters, just dealing online and whatnot, like you know, yeah, this is the real me, you know, this is my this is my real name, and you know, and then they go on there on on, t- on TV and they're tough guy mutes that can't say two put two words together, but they can go kill the world and whatnot. But then they on social media with their pet, with their two pet cats, you know, making pancakes and shit on them on them uh, a vlog or whatever. You know, Kayfabe is dead. How can you not say Let me let me say this. The reason why I say Kayfabe is not dead because there's times that certain stuff comes up, and I'll send it to you guys. I'll always say work or shoot, and a lot of it is from overseas. You know, is this a work or is this a shoot? But I, I'll notice something. And I'll sit back and I'll laugh. Like if you remember a couple months ago when Bow Wow and Jay Cargill. We're going back and forth on social media. Everybody was like, well, who is Jay Cargill to talk to Bow Wow like that? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who the fuck are you not to know who Jay Cargill is? That's number one. And I mean, I was in the shade room comments like, yo, this is a this is a work. They were like, what's the work? What do you mean? What's the work? Do you watch wrestling? Do you know anything? You know, everybody. I called everybody in those comments, Philistines and Jon Snow. Oh God! You, 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 if you don't know what a philistine is, go look it up. That's one of my favorite words. When somebody doesn't know anything, I just laugh at him. <laughs> philistine, and you know, I just kind of just turn away from him, and I call him Jon Snow because why? 
Jon Snow knows nothing. You're just like Jon Snow. You know nothing. He was still king of the north, though. He slept with his aunt. Shoot, that was yeah, a time. They did that back in the day, so I mean, you know. But at least, at least in that situation, it was you know far removed. Let's not roll over to the Lannister category. Well, like, what you doing? Nothing. Well, what you want to do? Nothing. All right, Dan. Let's make it happen. So, but that was just an interesting thought process. Um, I guess that kind of segues into. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to bring my exponent. Uh, Don said at least that Jon Snow slept with his aunt, but at least he didn't. He not like the Lannisters, and he slept, you know, with somebody really, really close to him. Same <laughs> crib, same crib. Let alone he didn't try to with his aunt, but at least he did not sleep with his mother or his sister or first cousin. I'm a, I'm a John, I'm a Jon Snow fan. He didn't know that was his aunt. James they were related and still slept with each other. I said, I said they were far removed, so you know it's it's a lot better than the Lannister situation. Well, he did, he did know. He that's did what I said. Know. You know, he he's far removed. Once it happened, shoot, at that point, you know, not too much you could do about it. Plus, you know, what you gonna say no to the mother of dragons? She will burn you. Yeah, but he's a Targaryen, so he wouldn't have actually got burned. Allegedly, he's still. A <laughs> no, no one well, actually, it was proven. <laughs> Oh, the bastard son. He's the bastard son. He just didn't have no white But he was the last brave. See, I had to call him my expert. Oh, I had to call him my expert. Oh, Lord. It's all I'm still trying to That's all that matters. You say what? I'm still trying to figure out what kind of burning y'all are talking about. Oh, well, you know. Oh, dragon, dragon fire. Dragon yeah, dragon fire. fire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You wave my I hand mean, and go Dracarius. The, the, the other level of flames was par for the court. Why does it burn when I hate? <laughs> so stupid. Why does it feel like something's crawling on me? Like, God dang it. Is that Buxom Winch that did it? <laughs> <laughs> Buxom Winch. <laughs> All right. So, moving right along, before we get into the, the promotional versions, this is the last one of the time periods. <clears throat> Excuse me, our final period piece, which is the modern era. So, that would be from uh, the end of 2020. Up until June tenth, twenty twenty-three, and that—that—that's a lot of play area and play space. So I'll go first on that because uh, it's a little spicy. And again, if I had one more pick, I could have balanced this out a little bit more. But you know, since I'm not a, a chauvinist like y'all, I got a couple females in there. So I have Seth Rollins. Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Roman Reigns. And I know y'all aren't going to agree with anybody but Roman. It's only 
Because I'm about to I'm about to blow your head off. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Please I do. With this one. I got Roman. Okay. I got Jericho. Uh-huh. I got MJF. And I, I mean you, this one you're gonna have to split down the middle because I got Becky Bianca. Nope. You can't. You can't, you can't, because it's your only four. Four. Your rule. Make a pick. So I gotta I gotta go with the main. Cause she made you can't say and we're talking from 2020 to 2023. End of 2020. End of 2020 to 2023. Jericho had the the Judas moment. A little bit of the bubbly. What else did he have? He had a, he had a run during the whole COVID. He had a he run. Had a, a musical with MJF. And MJF was just doing MJF things during that time. So, you know, he, he was doing his thing. Roman has been champion since, you know, the beginning of COVID. <laughs> well, no, it ain't been that long. But he came back from the, the whole leukemia thing, beat that, then kicked everybody's ass in the, in, in, in the process. Okay, so he's got to be on there. Becky, Becky, she continued the whole man thing, and then she still was one of the women that headlined WrestleMania during the pandemic and put on a damn good show. Mm-hmm. I was saying I, I wanted to say Bianca as well because Bianca's hurt what she did in NXT. What she's done since she came into the main roster on SmackDown and Raw. Two-time champion so far. And worried about the Oscar curse where she could be pregnant next. So, I mean, that you can't go wrong, man. Can't go wrong. So. All right, Sumo. Go ahead. I know you got something cooking. Okay, I can agree with you on Roman. Roman can't be denied. Okay, so we're acknowledging him. Just put that out there. We're acknowledging the tribal chief. Yes, the head of the table. MJF has got to be in there. No, no question about it. I mean, ever since he's come on the scene, I mean, you can't deny MJF at all. So he's got to be in there. Just a pinch more sugar. <laughs> what the hell? Jericho going over there at the counter. I mean, I was a pinch more what? Sugar. Who fuck helps the medicine go down? Uh-huh. <laughs> Jericho, yes, I can see, but I would rather put CM Punk in that position. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Because even though he hasn't been around for most of 2023 or 20 or the second half of 2022, he's still influential. He still has influence. They're still talking about where is he going to go? What is he going to do? How is he going to do it? You know, where is he? You know, they, they, they still talking about him even in his absence. And which caused them to create a whole brand new show just for him. So I have to say CM Punk. That's a good point. And I created a show for somebody was The Rock. 
And then to tap off my four, even though I didn't say him in the, tw in the uh, previous one, I'm going to give it to him now, his position. I got to give it to Kenny Omega. The cleaner. Hmm. You know, uh, Jim Cornette's not gonna like that. Well, well, you know, I don't. I I like Jim Cornette, and I agree with a lot of things. With about maybe ninety percent of stuff he says, but that age, that other ten, you know, is questionable. You know, I I I, 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 I could have some decent arguments with Jim Cornette about some of the stuff that he talks about, so especially because especially because he's not burst. He's not really versed in current wrestling. So whenever he's talking about current wrestling, he's talking about it from a viewpoint of ignorance. Because there's some things that he'll talk about that he should know about, but then he'll be like, well, I don't know where I saw this person last. And I'll be like, he was just on this a few a few months ago, or he just did this. And you know, you know, I could be a third on that show and help them do a lot. When it comes when it comes to uh, clarity on some stuff, because then they have to come back the next week and say, "Okay, we did some research and found out, and you know, we may need to talk this over again." So yeah, I feel you on that. It's been quite a few times. I'm like, uh, I I had that same thought process as I was listening to uh, a quick snippet from the drive through audio experience. So, uh, but you know, still still a good listen to. Uh, I just like really for all the names he calls everybody, Kenny Olivier and. And twinkle toes, like, like, yeah, that's his style. But you know, yeah, on, he got orange cash pockets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I that, man. I, I, you know, uh, that's where I get my. That's where I, that's my influence for when I call people stuff. Like when I call um, Athena funny face. That's why I do that. That's based off the of Jim Cornette show. He don't call her that, but I call her that. That's my name for her. So, and if you like to call, if you like to call in and talk about it, Athena. You know the the door is always open, and it ain't forbidden. It's not a forbidden door. It's a wide open door, ready for you, girl. Wide open. I don't know. I have no idea what he's really saying. Is he talking in code and saying, "Come on in, come on over," like Christina Aguilera? You know, come on. No, over. no, no. Or, no. He, or he talking about having no. a conversation. If he if he talking about come on over, it ain't like Christina Aguilera. I can speak as the advocate for the Nubian sumo. He's saying come on over like a Leah. I just touched down. Quarter oh. after two. I know it's late, but I'm calling you. I'm trying to figure if I can come to see you. All right, go ahead. Come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not going to get any more trouble with y'all. No, let's go. That's right. That's right. So now we're going to get into the promotions. And might as well take it to a throwback. Um, so Mount Rushmore for WCW. Sumo, KG's got the floor. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, I like what I did there. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Thought you had a a moment to collect yourself. Nope. You're gonna jump right in. All right. Both foot in. No, no dipping the toes. 
Um, anyway, uh, WCW, Hollywood Hogan, Goldberg, Booker T, DDP. Okay. Sumo? Yeah, Hollywood Hogan, definitely, because he pretty much saved that company when it was on his down slide. Uh, DDP picked up where Hogan left off, pretty much, uh, becoming the face of that company. Mm-hmm. Goldberg, I can agree uh, with that because, I mean, they basically put the whole company on his back with that 178 win, get, uh, match winning streak and the way that they treated him. And even though we wouldn't let, even though we wouldn't let Mr. KG pick two people, I'm going to say the outsiders. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that, that, that count as one. That count as one. No, it don't. That's a tag team. That's a grouping. No, 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 no. I'm calling shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans. Okay. Outsiders by default is a plural. The difference between he is to say he said two people and he had to choose. I'm saying the, the, the outsiders because they came in together and the they influenced. The outsiders are who? The outsiders are Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. That's two people. That's you one tag team. On your hand. You no, I did like this. Hand. I did like that. That's one. That's one. That's one tag team. That's no, a, yeah. no, 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 no. You know, you only can pick one. So you can have one face and half the other face up there. You know, you they'll know who it is. No. Okay. No, okay. No, I tell you what. Okay, I'll take you. I'll take it back then. I'll take it back. I'll take it back, and then I'll replace them with Eric Bischoff because he's the one that signed him, and he's the one that made he signed that contract. So, even though you had the 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 retract or redact what you said, we technically have two in agreement with my picks. The first one. Uh, is going to be uh, a wrestler, a performer that um, reinvented himself twice, technically three times if you want to count it that way uh, in WCW, and that being Sting. The second one is synonymous with you know WCW and the heavyweight championship, and that's Nature Boy. Then I went Hogan. And I also had Eric Bischoff. So Bischoff we got even a little bit of Booker T? I, hey, I only have four. No. But, you know, Bischoff's spot, WCW wouldn't be what WCW is now if it wasn't for Eric. Vince Russo, man. Vince Russo. Oh, Lord. Go ahead and ask. I uh, give no credit for nothing. There you go. Nothing. You, know, I, you know what I give Vince Russo credit for? Well, not well, content. That's what I give Vince Russo credit for. Because we said something a while back, 
and maybe like three, four days later, he said it exactly verb fucking bait him on his show. That's what I give him credit for. Cut me that check. I don't mind you doing it. Cut the check, bro. Cut the check. He over there trying to parlay his way into places. Anybody got time for Vince Russo? My thing is... Vince Russo would not be Vince Russo without Jerry Springer. And he admitted that. He admitted that. He said he talked after when, when Jerry Springer died, Vince Russo went on record and said him and Ed Ferrara would actually sit down and watch Jerry Springer episodes and get storylines, ideas from the Jerry Springer show. I give Vince Russo no credit. I never saw nobody's mama, though, on a, a, in a... And the daggone, what was that? Uh, but Bagwell's mom was in a shark, shark, uh, cage or something. What was it, Mama Bagwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shark, shark. Boy, what the hell? Yeah, I don't give any credit at all either. But I mean, Russo is a detriment to wrestling. I mean, go back to the well, go back to the well, no, uh, he was, go back he was good on the magazine, he was good on the WF magazine, so he, he did he did good there, and he had some good ideas. He just had a buffer through Vince and the writers and the Stooges and and you know um, Doc Andrews and all that stuff. He had he had some 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 channels to to siphon what he's coming up with and you know have it become something that's workable. Once he went to WCW, like yep, here we go again. WCW, he was said the WCW destroyed me inside out. It's like what the heck is going on? You know, he had liquid gold with, with Daphne and, and you know, the other people that he could have actually did something with. And he just burnt it all to the ground. Only person that came out of that period um, that looked really good, that cut some good promos was Flair. Because, you know, again, you know, just the storylines and stuff that was happening, we got some liquid gold out of Ric Flair, if nothing else. And most of that was probably a shoot. So WCW is in the books, in history, as well as uh, Mount Rushmore. Now we're going to have a, a little bit more different kind of fun. And we're going to talk about the WWE slash F. So we're getting the F back in. Again, hard thing to pick for people. But since somebody wants to be a stickler for, you know, creation semantics. We will do that. So my four, no particular order of hierarchy, Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, and The Undertaker. James, go. I can... Okay, you said... You said... Hogan, Tom, Rock, Rock, and Undertaker. And Undertaker. One of those got to be, if not Hogan is Stone Cold. I can agree with. Hogan is Stone Cold. I can agree with. I'm gonna have to. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Quote L.A. Knight. Yeah. Only, only because you included the WWF. 
am I having an issue with yours? Okay. Okay. Because. Dwayne. Okay, so okay, but okay, before I do that, before I go, you said WWE and WWF. Do you include WWWF? No, not that far back. Okay, not that far back. Okay. So, but then that be such a large. So WWF came into existence in what the late seventies, right? When did WWF end and WWF begin? Well, I, mean, I wasn't born then, but uh, <laughs> I want to see if he fits into the category. It was in it was in the late seventies. Because I was born, you, you know. Fact check it. You looking it up, KG? No, he's shoe shopping. I'm not <laughs> shoe shopping. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm trying here. I'm trying to see what the fees are for the layaway. Go to Wikipedia. Go to probably you could probably go to Wikipedia and go to the list of champions and see when uh, the first WWF champion was, and then we can base it off of that. Or who the last WWF champion was. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Championship rings. Origin. Uh 1963. That's the first that was that was Buddy Rogers. Right. Okay. Wow. I didn't even have to say anything. Uh shit. Here we go. Reigns. And that Roman. Uh come on. Just give me, give me, give me, give me all of them. Give me all of them. Okay. So it was it had to it had to have been either Backlund. Or Iron Sheik. It was uh seventy nine. That so from seventy nine it started. That was the first WWF champion. And that, that was, was Sheik or Sheik or Hogan. Uh, nineteen seventy nine. That'd have been Sheik. Or Backlund. It could have been Backlund. Uh, because Backlund, Backlund lost to Sheik. Backlund lost to Sheik. Sheik lost. Yeah. Right. Back around that, so it's backland. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's pre. It was pre. The person that I wanted to add, it can't be put in there. Okay. Who do you want to add? Superstar Billy Graham. Oh yeah. But uh, okay. So I can't add him. So Hogan. You said Hogan Stone Cold. Um. I'm not adding the rock. I'm not adding the rock. Damn. You just said that so I'll say, I'll say I'll say Cena. And then Roman. No taker. Because backup covers that no, I'm the only reason I don't say taker is because because Stone Cold was in the same era and he had a big influence. Stone Cold actually saved the WWE, the WWF at that time. Undertaker was a Undertaker was granted he was a steady 
He was a steady figure within the wrestling from the time he started to the time he retired. Yes, I give him his props. But when it came to the bigger influence, the fact that he came in and he pretty much saved the WWE, he was the reason why 83 weeks ended. He was the he was the one that he kept the W he kept and put in Taker. No disrespect if y'all know I'm a Cena fan, but why can't Cena go out and Taker go in? We'll put because Cena over Taker. The company puts the, the company put the the, the put, put WWE on Cena's back. Undertaker was a mainstay. Yes, he was. But when it came to the stabilization of that company, the the actual running of that company and keeping it relevant, they put that on Cena's back, not Undertaker. Okay. <laughs> okay. Undertaker, in my opinion, was a kingmaker. Okay. Undertaker made pretty much everybody that he put his hands on. He made them a better wrestler. But when it came to Michael. But when it came to who's actually they're putting that belt on, who they're putting their stock on, who they're the okay, the the survival of this company is on your shoulders, it's on your back. They gave it to Stone Cold, they gave it to Hogan, they gave it to Cena. And now they got they now they got it on Roman. Mm -hmm. Now, if we were able to do a fifth KG, then yes, I would include the Undertaker. But because of that, I, and we're going we're talking about and I'm talking we're talking about errors, the complete the complete errors. He's a he would be a he would be a two B. He'd be right there with Stone Cold. I put them. I put him and Stone Cold right there together. Okay. <clears throat> I said, you know, in the preface at the beginning, is no wrong answer. Um, it's just you know our opinion. So you know, I, I I understand what you're saying as well. But to have a as many lists we've done and not have Undertaker present, there's no way I could do that. Um, well, technically, I happened in the '90s as well, but you know, I, I think he was that important back then too. So KG. What secret sauce you got for the WWE slash F? McMahon, wrestling was changed wholeheartedly by one Vincent Kennedy McMahon. No matter how you feel about him personally, you <clears> cannot <throat> deny that the man changed the whole landscape of wrestling with his innovations, his ideas. Hogan, because... Hogan carried the whole entire company on his shoulders. Uh, in my adult years, I kind of looked at him differently as what he did when I was a kid, but is what it is. Uh, I'm going to put The Rock on my list because I know what The Rock did for WWF slash E. When Stone Cold went out with the next surgery, I know what The Rock did. With Triple H, so I I, I got to give the Rock his props <laughs> because that's one of the main reasons I would watch Raw and SmackDown because my grandmother would always ask me, "Is the Rock wrestling tonight?" Yes, ma'am. He sure enough is. All right, I ain't gonna go to bed just yet. 
<laughs> she would stay up to watch the rock. And she stayed up to watch she stayed up to watch the rock and them tidy blackies. <laughs> Probably so. But she was a fan of that ball headed SOB Stone Cold too. And he is my number four. Those are my four. No, no shade to the Undertaker, because I got the Undertaker in the 90s. But you got to remember, the Undertaker used to leave, come back, leave, come back. But he would leave, reinvent himself, and come back. Almost 30 years, that man left, came back, left, came back, left, came back. But whenever he came back, so much love was shown because of the, you could tell by the pop that he got when he came back. Every time. And whether it was he came back as the dead man, big evil, the American badass, whatever iteration of the Undertaker that came back, you still didn't want to fuck with him. Mm -hmm. But if you notice with the Undertaker, it was a lot of real life that intertwined with kayfabe. Right. So, you know, and well, yeah. that's yeah, how he, he lived right there. Yes. And that's, he lived that's why so many people are pissed off at him right now with this tour because he's not doing his character, he's not living his character anymore. And he's like, he don't understand why they brought so many people upset with him about that. But uh I don't get I don't get why they upset either. The man lived that lived that character for 30 years. Let that man be Mark Calloway. Exactly. And he lived it for, for was it 20 Eight of it, he lived it in kayfabe. Yeah. So I mean, even you know, out in, out in public, he was the undertaker. He was never. Yeah. He's a, he said it himself. He from the time he took on that character, he was never Mark Calloway, in or out of the ring. He was always the undertaker. He was always on. And when he put and when he put the undertaker down, when he when the undertaker when he retired. And he ended the character. He became Mark Calloway. I, I, I get it, but I don't understand how you can be upset at him anyway. Like the the when it comes to storytelling, The Undertaker, Chris Jericho, Paul Heyman, Jim Ross. I think those are four of the greatest storytellers involved in wrestling that I have ever heard before. I can listen to Chris Jericho tell stories on the road all the time. JR, the same thing. I just old stories. Uh, 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 Bradshaw is another one. Love the way he tells stories. Especially now, you just talk about straight up storytellers. People that tell it just straight up storytellers tell stories. How you gonna leave out Jim Cornette? Cornette too. I'm sorry. That is that's my fault. Cornette too, because he, he. I mean, Cornette that shit going back to like before he was born that he could tell you about. I mean, you know. Yeah, I would love to visit his house and go to his attic. Like, he got a lot of cool shit. Yeah. yeah. He when yeah. when you talk about rest, wrestling historian, there's no bigger. Wrestling historian, I don't think there's a bigger wrestling fan than Jim Cornette because he can tell you things off the top of his head that most people got to go find the book that it's in and then search to find the page when he didn't already recited the whole entire story. Yep. 
Shout out to Cornette. Second time in this show today. So uh, now it's time to uh, slide into the competition. All Elite Wrestling. Who wants to go first? All right. You have a volunteer. KG, who's your All Elite? Mount Rushmore. Chris Jericho, MJF, Britt Baker, and Kenny Omega. Okay. I got some commonality in that. We'll see where the sumo is uh, coming in on this. I can't argue with that list, actually. Um, yeah, I... Uh, you, okay, so you said Kenny Omega, mm-hmm. Britt Baker, MJF, and Jericho. Mm-hmm. Jericho. Yeah, I can't argue with that list. I can argue I'll concur. one slot. Wait a minute, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Go ahead. Because this is this. I would, but I'm not. Okay. You're going to say you're going to replace Britt Baker with John Moxley. Heck no. That's a bad girl insult. That's a bad girl insult. Nope. I had Jericho. I had Britt. I had uh, a wife's boyfriend, MJF. Wait, no, no. Put the unicorn down. Put the unicorn down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually had Cody. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> one time for the one time. Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. Give it all you got. Unicorn. So I had Cody in as uh, uh, one of the members of the Mount Rushmore. Just because without him, more than Kenny Omega, uh, you know, that company would exist at the level that it or performed uh, without Cody. MJF would be MJF without Cody. MJF was made when he was beating Cody Rhodes. Period. No, no, no. Yes. I, don't, yes. I, don't, yes. I don't agree yes. with that. Yes. I don't agree what, with that. What happened? I not agree with that. What happened after that that was at that level? You know, nothing. Now he's done some stuff, but you know that was, man, that was brutal to watch. The lead up to it, everything. You know, MJF came into his field when we had that moment. No, MJF was allowed to express his full heat on Gildum once that happened. MJF was established before he got to AEW. But we People talk about knew AEW. Before he got to AEW. We're talking about AEW's Mount Rushmore. We're not talking about what he did in the Indies or wherever else. In order to get on that mountaintop. You say MJF with Cody. That's not the case. He didn't get on that mountaintop if it wasn't for Cody for AEW. Because a lot of people don't, don't know who Maxwell Jacob Freeman was. Until I don't agree. On AEW television. I think I, I think 
I think MJF would be in the same position with or without Cody. Nope. That's just, that's just my opinion. Because he was already established before he got to AEW. They brought him in because of what he established in the Indies. So, and, and people... I will, I will prove that thing. See, you, 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 you have to... Before AEW, how many times did we mention MJF? Because y'all are at WWE marks. That's why. He was established. He was established way before that, and they he didn't come to his full healdom until he got with Cody. But he was already established before he got to that's AEW. That's how he got in. I just that's how that. he got in. Jane, I just said that Cody put him on the map for where he is now. But he would that would that would have been without Cody. Who's, who would he have beaten in? It's a happenstance. Who would he have beaten with a belt if it wasn't Cody? Kenny Omega. No. And you would have believed that to that level? Yes. No. no. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because Cody, because Kenny Omega in the United is like the modern version of Hulk Hogan. Kenny Omega in America is not Kenny Omega in Japan. Right. Reputation in Japan that is surpassed. Yeah, can be surpassed by nobody. But in America, he's a clown here. But he he is respected from his uh, his uh, reputation in Japan. So for 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 MJF to have beaten Kenny Omega and had the same program with Kenny Omega that he had with with Cody Rhodes. It'll have been the same thing. It was just the, the reason why MJF, it worked. Full MJF. I that didn't feel he got with Cody, and it wasn't because why, because they let him be him. No, the reason why it worked is because Cody was still the darling that was shunned and 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 you know didn't you know get to do what he needed to do with blah 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 at the WWE and you know he's coming over and then you know. He brought people with him, according to the storyline, under his mentorship was MJF. That's why that worked. Not because you got this god over there in Japan that comes over here, and you know what? You know, I trained with Kenny Omega, and now, Kenny, I'm going to you know, beat you with a belt so that way you can have a match with me. You're god in Japan. How are we going to go from a god to I got to drop myself down? That would have weakened the image of Kenny Omega. That's the same thing Cody did. No, because Cody was not at a God mode anywhere else. Cody, where was Cody, God Co- Cody, Cody left the WWE and was God and, went, and, and won the world title in every organization he was in. He was what, over everywhere. What, he went what, to Japan. He went to Japan and was Omega? in Kingdom. Was he better than Kenny Omega in Japan? Nobody's better than Kenny Omega in Japan as far as an American is concerned. He, was, day, he was not in God mode in Japan. I just said God mode in Japan. Who, Cody? I'm not yeah. saying he was in God mode. That's Cody was in God mode. Omega was in God mode. Yes, Kenny was. So how are you going to be referencing Kenny being God mode in Japan, <laughs> but yet God mode has to go through getting whipped to be able to have a match with MJF? 
It wouldn't have made sense. God mode should not have to get whipped to have a match with somebody beneath him. But Cody, but he's, he's less. He's he's more, more vulnerable here. Cody's mentee that you know Cody's butt hurt and now MJF has shunned him so much and he wants that match. That is more believable that God mode can't just call Tony Khan and say, give me the match. I got to get beat for uh, that. Mox uh, would have got whipped. At all. Mox would have Mox said, beat me. Mox would have said, beat me, but that's just because that's his style. But he would have got whipped just to get whipped. And he was a bigger name than MJF. See, Cody lessened himself in AEW because he knew that he would get shunned if he was to get go in and be just get titles right away. So he made himself into what he made himself. Until Jericho took the reins and really said, "Hey, I'm going to carry this forward with the with the name." You, everybody thought Cody had established AEW himself. Nobody knew who Tony Khan was in reference to being, you know, what I'm saying the figure, the the, the money. You thought, oh man, Cody started this promotion. He's gonna get back at Vince, and they were just nobody thought that was part of it. But he nobody thought Cody started that company. A Everybody knew it. A lot, lot of people did. It was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks that started that company, and Cody and uh, Hangman Adam Page were along for the ride. Even even Cody was like, I would not be where I am in the independent scene without Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Kenny. <laughs> said that himself. Hey, 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 Smart Mark, you get it. But for all the people where kayfabe, as, as to KG's point earlier, it was working, that's the kayfabe narrative that was being told. That's what put the attention on until they signed Chris Jericho. You saw, you heard Cody creating a promotion to go against Vince, the place that shunned him. That was the narrative that put spotlight on then you're like oh man kenny omega i know kenny omega young bucks yeah man we want them to come over for a while that's pretty cool hangman page uh -huh. um but cody was the one until jericho they had the press conference and chris jericho showed up and you're like oh snap they got y2j this is about to be something different so you smart mark you get it but for all the other marks out there and there's a lot of them they believe, and go back, Google it, speaking of social media, check out and see how many of the, the tweets and the Facebooks and the, the, the Instagrams and all the podcasts and all that stuff where they just talking about Cody starting a company. And then come back and tell me who's outweighed, the smart marks or the people that was following that in kayfabe. Guaranteed go ahead, it would be an eye-opener. KG. Go ahead, We've been doing this show, this particular show here, Saturday Night WrestleMania Access, August 2018. August 25th, to be exact, 2018. AEW's formation came about right before James joined us, okay? Right, right. It, it was no way, and we were speculating who they would sign and everything, you know, because we were talking about Kenny Omega coming to WWE. In my heart of hearts, I was one of those people that thought Cody was running his own business. He had a financial backer because he was doing all the press tools. Him and Brandy at every press stop, they were doing the talking. 
Then you would see Hangman Adam Page. You would see the Young Bucks, but it was Cody doing all the talking. They were the sideshows. Cody, Cody was the main attraction. No way in four hells you couldn't tell me that Cody didn't own AEW. He didn't own a piece of it. It was right before he left that I found out he didn't own at least a piece of it. So don't, 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 let's, wait, hold on. I remember that nope. very vividly. Let's not, act like we didn't say nope. that. That's not, that's not, that. that's not, that's not my narrative. No, 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 that's not you. Like I said, you're, you're, you know, you're smart enough to the business. We're not saying it's your name. You know what the reality is, but what they were putting out there, that's what we're discussing because that's what everybody else was discussing. And it's, you know, we go from dashing Cody Rhodes and, you know, Stardust and all that stuff too. This dude is dressed to the nine with uh, Brandy finally out there, you know, showing her off. Um, and they talking about this promotion, this thing going on. And that that's that's all we knew. And then, like I said, once they signed Jericho, it became, okay, yeah, this group, and we got this going on. And here, now you start hearing about Tony Khan, and you start putting the piece together with Shad Khan and, and Daly's place and all that stuff. You know, the ball started rolling and the snowball was going forward. But before then, it was a Cody show. If Cody wasn't there, oh, AEW, hard sell in America. Just off of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Couldn't happen. Only way you could sell that would be if you had Paul Heyman. Or Jim Cornette, possibly. The, the, the drum up and stuff. So, you know. But right, that's who, why I had Cody in there. Who did uh, it? Or, uh, I hit the who did it? No, you know where I live. You know who did it. You know who did it. It's probably my cousin. <laughs> so now... We're going to get into the biggest one. All time. So James can take the shackles off, ching, and pick from anywhere, any place, any time. He can, he, can, he can go all the way to, you know, the beginnings with the catches, catch can if he wanted to. Um, and the, uh, the, the side shows and all that stuff if he wanted to take it all the way back. So, of all time, I'll go first, and then we'll see, because James is going to have some super texture to it and some, some OG-ness. KG, I don't know, he may still be an attitude error uh, with, a couple, with a couple OGs in there. Um, mine is, uh, you know, we'll see. But the first one of all time, Shawn Michaels. Second, he lost his smile. And, and again, no no order or, or hierarchy. Uh, Ric Flair, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon. That's my four. Who wants to go? KG? Say the best for last in the Nubian sumo. Because I know his is going to be thought-provoking. You can be like, damn, why didn't I put that? So... <laughs> I have like, like Bokoff on there or something. I, I have uh, Hogan and Flair. Okay. Not hard to imagine why. Fritz Von Erich. Mm. Not okay. only for what he did in the ring, but also what he brought to the ring in his children and grandchildren. You know, he, he left a lasting legacy. Uh, 
And finally, the fabulous Moolah. Okay. Ooh, that's that's a controversial one. Yeah, but th that that's one of those things where you gotta you gotta separate outside the ring and what she did inside the ring. But I, the thing is, how do you separate that? Well, she ain't murdering no kids, so it's not that hard. <laughs> At the end of the day, she didn't murder any kids. She's good. I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm gonna leave that alone because yeah. and, and it was, it was a controversy once before as well. Yeah, I know, but on a Benoit scale, on a Benoit scale, she's nowhere close that we know of. So. She, was, she was so close. I mean, she was right there without killing somebody. I mean, let some let people tell it, but you know. Hey, let him tell it. She she uh may didn't kill him, but she damn sure made someone wish they was dead the way she slutted them out. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. They say dead men tell no tales, but dead women don't tell no tales neither. So well, you know, you still got Terry on your list, so you know it's it's fair. I don't know who Terry is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right, Kate uh uh Sumo. Uh, as far as wrestlers are concerned, I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of wrestlers on this, if any. That's fine. It's still of all time. They're all in the industry. As long as you ain't got David Arquette, bro. Okay. No, we are, yeah, I don't think David we are. Arquette. I actually like David Arquette. I'm going to go. Rumble. Jimmy King! I'm going to go my first one, Antonio Inoki. Okay. I'm with that. You don't even have to talk about it. I'm an Inoki fan, so I get it. Obviously, you got to put Vince McMahon on there. Mm -hmm. I would say Jim Crockett Sr. Okay. And then I would end with uh, Eddie Graham. Wow. I got it against that. Because these were these were the guys who signed the guys and created the guys that made wrestling what it is today. Through that. Through that. Then if there was a fifth, would you say Vince Senior? Or would you put somebody else? If there was a fifth, I'd probably have to say Vern Gagne. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't argue with that either. Many times up in the middle of the night, you know. Uh, man. Gagne, Soli. I mean, you know, those are just voices. Uh, 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 yes. Cornette. Um you know, Jim Ross. I mean, that was just soundtrack of my my teenagehood right there. And a lot of it was just old reruns. But man, that's AWA, right? Yeah. I was just saying. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, oh gosh. I think that was Fox 45 at about two o'clock in the morning on uh, a Friday night. They would just start popping and be like, yep, I'm going to be up watching this. Good old days. Like going solely out there talking about, and he just hit him with a souffle. 
I'm like, man, I, for the longest time, I'm like, suplex? What the heck are you talking about? Gordon Soley said. So, KG, we went through the 80s, the 90s, uh, 2000s, modern era, WCW, the WWE, F, AEW, and all time. Did uh, we at least uh, come up to close to what you conceptualized earlier today with uh, the Mount Rushmore show? To be quite honest, it superseded it. Because I was just saying, hey, you, you know, Mount, I was thinking long-term booking. <laughs> I was like, you know, hey, we don't have much to talk. Well, hey, let's do a Mount Rushmore show. Hey, Mount Rushmore this, Mount Rushmore that. Because you can do Mount Rushmore's of anything. And I, I, I've been getting the blues about doing it and only having four people, but it makes it for more controversy because you got to think a little bit harder. If I give you five, you can do it a little bit faster. You can do it a little, you know, you can you can kind of sort of get to it a little bit. But if I give you four, you can take it and just say, you know what, let me do this four, and I'll be fine. So. Okay. Sumo, what's your thoughts? How do you feel about uh, the commonality that we had and some of the differences? Well, I mean, this is always going to be a conversation. The uh, kind of heated at some points as it was tonight. Uh, it's always going to have, you're always going to have your opinion and being that even though our age differences is only at maximum 10 years apart with KG being the youngest, you ain't younger than KG. It's 12, 12 years. Okay. That's the matter. So, you got me by... I got you by what five years, five six. One, he carried at, least, one. God, damn, at least, at least. You saw the first ray of sunshine. Come on now, trying to talk about when he was close up at age. See, yeah, this, you know what? You better wrap that up, <laughs> man. Whatever, man. But being that we are so so close in age, like I said, ass. Allegedly, allegedly. I'll give you. I'll give you allegedly. But uh, anyway, you know my my fifty three years are dog years. So anyway. <laughs> but uh, we do have varying points of wrestling history amongst us. So I mean. You know, I go back a little farther than y'all do, and KG, uh, and you know, his his starts at a more like a middle to start of late point for me when it comes to fandom. But uh, you know, you're gonna have various opinions, you know, in the in the conversation like this because y'all's gonna be more e WWE centric, where mine is pretty much a little bit more across the board, even though y'all did include some others within y'all's uh, picks. But, uh, you know, a, a conversation like this is always going to be argumentative at some point. Now, it's funny that KG came up with this because I just saw a couple of nights ago, and I forget who the wrestler was, but he was talking, he was actually talking about conversations like this, how uh 
making a Mount Rushmore of anything like this would be subjective and it should be more so uh, off of people's experiences rather than, you know, just an overall of who they think is supposed to be top, the top four in their whatever category you're talking about. So, you know, it was funny that he came up with that, uh, with that, um, with this subject. But um, it's always going to be a fun subject, regardless of who you're talking to. You know, I've had so I've had conversations like this in cigar lounges. You know, talking to folks who, as a matter of fact, a couple of months ago, uh, when KG was picking on me because I went out one night uh, to a cigar event downtown in uh, downtown DC, um, over at the Wharf, and um, I just happened to run into another cigar guy. And uh, I had he, he we were just talking about each other's experiences and you know just talking about what we do. And I had mentioned that I had a podcast, and he was like, "Oh, really?" And that turned into a two-hour conversation about wrestling, where it just started out with the two of us, and then it ended up being like seven or eight people involved in the conversation. Y'all into re- y'all talking about wrestling? Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, I mean. It just happens that way, you know, and uh, it's always a fun conversation, like you said. So, yeah, it was it was cool to do this tonight. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm, I'm going to say something real quick. It seems like I get teased because, you know, certain subjects we talk about on any show, I go pretty deep into it. And, and the Midnight Rider always gets on me. He says, you always pull out a stat from like, 1962. I'm like, but if it's relevant, it's relevant. You saying things never happen. These things happen. You know, we were talking one time and I pulled out the MVP race of 63 in the NBA and I pulled up the stats. He was like, well, damn, like, really? Yes. When you're a student of the game, that's what you do. And that's what you are, Nubian Sumo. When it comes to wrestling, you're a student of the game. You know? that old. <laughs> Hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Take your pick. Take your pick. Don Rodriguez has had moments where he's pulled out some stuff, and I'm like, dude, where did you get that from? And he Not says he old. remembers watching it. Damn, you got me. So allegedly that old. <laughs> he, 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 y'all pull out some stuff. That, that's what that's what it's called being student of the game. And y'all pull out some stuff, man, that you don't even expect. And he's like, damn. Okay. And I find myself going down the rabbit hole on YouTube and really getting into it. I'm like, okay, now I can feel as if I watched this live, even though I didn't watch it live. I watched it 30, 40 years later. But, you know, I'm with that. That's like uh, the, the, the match between Pedro Morales and Pat Patterson, the South American champ and the North American champ. I didn't know that match didn't take place until I talked to y'all. Like for my whole entire life, I was like, yeah, that's the that was the first intercontinental championship match. You know, it's no it's no tape of, but you know, back in that day, it was a lot of things that didn't have tape to it. It never fucking happened. Yeah, it never fucking happened. It never happened. Like, oh my god, I didn't know that until I talked to y'all. Then I started doing just like, just like, and I'm, I'll get I'll give you another nugget to go along with that. The same card. In 1963, that supposedly had 
the first tournament to determine the Intercontinental Championship also had a tournament for the WWW, the first WWWF World Championship that Buddy Rogers won. That match didn't happen either. See what I mean? See what just I mean? Like, just like, just like, I had an argument some time ago. This guy was talking to me about, yeah, first black heavyweight champion, uh, Ron Simmons. That's my man. I was like, nope, <laughs> he was not. He's like, what you talking about? What you talking about? That's what uh, it's in the record books. I was like, okay. In 2000, was it 10 or 11? I want to say the NWA recognized Bobo Brazil and the match that he had against Buddy Rogers for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Buddy Rogers feigned an injury that caused the match to be ended due to a referee stoppage. And they, reward, they awarded the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship to Bobo Brazil, but he didn't want the belt because he didn't want to win it that way. So they found out later that uh, Buddy Rogers faked the injury and they and they kept they kept the belt on Bobo Brazil until he lost it back to Buddy Rogers two weeks later. The NWA recognizes rec eventually recognized that championship. So actually, the first black world heavyweight champion is Bobo Brazil. But before that recognition. Iceman King Parsons beat Kerry Von Erich for the then world-class world heavyweight championship two years before Ron Simmons won the WCW championship against Van Vader. So even then, he was not the first black world heavyweight champion. Now, you could say Ron Simmons was the first black world heavyweight champion in a major organization. I'll give you that. But Ron Simmons has never been the first black world heavyweight champion. Damn. See what you started? It proves my point, didn't it? He started his little mental metronome going, and then he started honing in on stuff and jumped into TARDIS real quick, and now he found some extra facts for you. Now he's never going to stop. Take the cord out of the machine. <laughs> I mean, it is what it, I mean, it is. What it is. Like he, he gave you saying. I mean, if, if it's a fact, it's a fact. I mean, if it's if it's been if it's been brought into the uh, history of the business, there it is. I mean, there's even proof out there that um, Thunderbolt Patterson won the WWF World Championship against 
superstar Billy Graham. But that title, but that title, but that championship has, was is recognized by the WWE. Right, I bet. Wow. So there you have it. As we wrapping it up, you got some extra knowledge that's not in Black History Month. Black History Month, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Head up, eyes open, and fist closed. Let's go. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> so, wrap uh, this up, B. I got to go read my final call. Let's go. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. You got your bag of oranges and your bean pie ready, too? I'm dead serious, man. I got a final call today that I need to read. I need to, I need to read that before I go to bed. That's All what's right. up. Well, I guess you might as well diversify your, your bonds. Konnichiwa, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>